0: Hey, let's kick off an all new issue of Geek in the City Radio, which is brought to you free every week from the folks at, well where else, geekinthecity.com. You can also watch us stream the show weekly every Tuesday on twitch.com forward slash geekinthecity at 6.30pm Pacific Time. If you enjoy the show, you can also help us out over on patreon.com forward slash City your support there helps us do more content and create more shows and overall make it a better experience for you the best audience in the world as always always share the show and make some comments for us or give us a five-star rating on any of the platforms you enjoy listening to this show on and with that let's kick off this all-new issue of geek in the city radio
1: We must delve. we're
0: gonna talk about, the stuff that makes you scream and shout, hit the red alert, we're going back Factor 12, thanks for pressing play,
1: now we're gonna save the day, alright!
0: Why well, hi, welcome to issue 640. 645 of Geek in a City Radio. I'm one of your hosts, Aaron Duran.
2: I'm one of your other hosts, Bean Arita.
3: And I am your other other host, Cable Hashtani.
0: Hey everybody, how's it going? <laughs> Fine, Aaron. How are you. <laughs> uh, what? I'm yeah, I'm a little loopy. It was it was the
3: the the pause at it's episode six. six
1: 645.
0: Well, okay. so I'll give a little quick behind the scenes here when there's like um, when we do the intro that thing mm-hmm. there I get a little pop- up that says you were muted that yeah, no, way so... like no oh you guys get it too okay, which makes sense but like once it ended and I started talking that you are muted stayed on my screen for like another five seconds and I'm like, uh is that a new feature that I didn't know about so uh
2: so yeah. you thought we couldn't hear you. I Mid, thought it just wasn't mid-stride. going. Yeah, and I was like, mm. oh, gosh,
0: dang it. Huh.
2: Yeah. Nope,
0: you're good. Hey. Whew. Man. Well, good night. That's right. Cool. No, I was just very sleepies. Today and stuff. Just mm. today. Oh, no, it's been building up for sure. Yeah, and it, I have. I don't oh, think that you start have been, yawning this early
3: yeah i I don't think that uh, it like you've been able to operate at full steam for a full day since uh probably three weeks before La bruja' uh, uh, the season La bruja hit the shelves.
0: it's felt that way, it really kicked in the day our then landlord told us they were selling the house. <laughs>
3: Yeah, there is that too.
0: So that compounded on that, which is good. I'm, you know, we, we bought the house. Um, hooray. And then like Season of Bruja's doing really well. Hooray. But I'm still like, I can't stop. It's just uh mm-hmm. um, Yep. That sounds about right. Yeah, I just need a week where I don't have to care about anything, but I don't see that uh ever happening in my future ever at all. Well, that's hyperbolic, but
1: <laughs> I, mean,
0: I mean, what scares me is eventually my body is going to be like, all right, asshole, we're going to force you to do nothing for a week. Um, and even yes, then, no. I'll probably still be expected to answer emails.
3: Well, do it before your body tells you to.
2: I'm going to try. Apparently so, yeah. my phone doesn't believe in not uh, the Do Not Disturb.
0: I don't know if it's the phone you can blame for not being on Do Not it, Disturb. Beam.
2: It It does actually say. Do Not Disturb is, is turned on. I'm looking right at it. And yet my phone has made a noise. I'm looking. At least there's that. Vibrate, i vibrate,
0: That'll do it. Um, yeah, no. And I've got, like, screen fatigue. I've been in multiple Zoom meetings all day today. So. Super! Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, other than that, you know, things are good. Just stuff. Just tired. And everything. Besides but life. Is sh- life is
2: good. Yeah, no, it is. Uh
0: yeah. I feel like that's such a like I'm giving like a blase response. I'm like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. No, it
0: <laughs> If we keep going this way, it's gonna turn into Aaron's therapy session, so there's, there's no need for that right now.
3: That's what this... The, the, I mean, to be fair, the shows are a therapy session every week. Every, every week.
0: I, I know. It's... I'm just... Yeah.
3: Which is fine. That, that's not a... That's not a criticism. But that, that is part of why we also do this show is we need to get some of this shit out. I know, and for some reason, all of these people find it entertaining.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, oh no, it's,
2: it's... oh no. What if? What if when I become medicated, uh, I will be less entertaining?
0: I don't think you will be. I'm heavily <laughs> medicated, and I'm still entertaining. I, I guess. I don't know.
2: What's that? Uh, you know, what's that? Um, what was I? Forget how it came up, but uh, it was uh, like, oh no! Turns out I'm not quirky. I'm just unmedicated and undiagnosed. Uh, and then that turned into like, you know, like the panic, the, the panic, <laughs> uh, manic pixie dream girls, Louis Deschanel, Chanel, and uh, there was uh, there was a whole thing. It was a whole thing, and it was very funny. And now it's gone. <laughs> But uh, not not
0: <laughs> cool not,
2: story, not, cor- not quirky. Unmedicated.
0: No, that's, that's okay. That's good. Point. Yeah. <laughs> it will come to me later. What was that? He's not, wait a minute. I don't know if he can say that. Well, no, it was well. Oh no, I'm thinking of um. Never mind. I'm thinking of the. I don't. This is how my brain gets here. So hang on to this ride, everybody. <laughs> so when you said I'm not quirky, I'm medicated. So in my brain it began to craft like a jingle to that, which then took me to a lyric that I don't think is culturally appropriate anymore, but that lyric got altered with the same tune in the movie Death to Smoochie, and it's the part where he's singing a song to kids about um if your mom has a new boyfriend, it might be weird, and the lyric goes... He's like, and just remember, kids, uh, Was it? My boyfriend's not mad. He's just adjusting. Or my mom's, yeah. My mom's friend's not, he's just adjusting. So my, then my brain went to, she's not quirky. She's just not medicated. That, there you go, guys. There's the train of Aaron's thoughts. That's what this brain does.
2: We are killing it today, guys. Mm
0: -hmm. And I am medicated, and this is still what my brain
2: (laughs) does. Uh, So... Well, I don't think they make medication for just being weird.
3: That's not weird, though. That is literally one of the symptoms of ADHD.
0: Being quirky or what I just did?
3: What you just did. (laughs) Ha-ha! My, Which is the my... thing
2: that I've been passing off as quirky for the last 20 years.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And if you see me doing this, my new obsession, I've got my little, little desk fan going. And I've just been, I got some Palo Santo spray.
2: Oh, I love that mm. stuff. It smells so good. Mm.
0: I know. And it's like hits the fan. and It gives me this nice mist instead of blowing it right on me. hmm
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it is still blowing it right on you. It just yeah, but I feel like it comes
0: out of the air, the pump spray, and it's atomized a bit there, and then it hits the fan air, which atomizes it a little bit more. So I'm getting, I'm not getting droplets; I'm getting a mist. Mm-hmm.
2: Cable's about to ask you how that makes you feel.
1: Mm-hmm. It
0: feels It makes it feel great. It's Palo Santo. I love it. It's relaxing. It smells so good. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> well since we are well actually I mean does anyone else want to say how they're doing? You know, I've had my time on the couch, you know. Campbell. You
3: know. I'm fine. That isn't a loaded fine. It's just a g- 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 I,
2: processing.
3: I am I'm sufficient. Working. Yeah. Marking. I am average. So
2: Yeah. Yeah, I think think i'm there
3: too which i have had to explain to people in the past it's like oh you're not good it's like no i'm i'm satisfactory that is that is a baseline
2: that meets
3: that allows you to get things done and then yes. things that are good you actually can celebrate as being good if you think that you're great or good all the time that's no just figure out what your actual baseline is <laughs>
2: if you're always good slash great you're probably lying to yourself right
0: or you're on drugs and like not to balance your brain out but you know but like fun drugs you don't really hear about a lot of depressed people on cocaine while they're on it you know fair that's what I meant
3: yeah um I will say one thing that I did over the my weekend um that wasn't part of the subject that we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about. Uh, I went yeah. to my first concert since January of 2020. <laughs> What'd you go see? Uh, a band called I IMX, I Um, I may have talked about them before. Uh, the, the it's a uh, Chris corner. Formerly of the Sneaker Pimps were also oh, okay. still part of the Sneaker Pimps. Okay. Um, so they put together a show that was mainly it was just him on stage with synthesizers um, and he's doing several different outdoor shows. The shows here in Portland were both Sunday and Monday night and they were both supposed to be outside and then you know Portland did what it did. Jeez. Which is rain torrentially. So So it was indoors at the star theater, which was great. But part of the concept of this show was they distributed, uh, Bluetooth headphones so that you were listening to the concert as if you were listening through monitors, like you're one of the performers. Oh, so everything that Chris was doing was doing that. Like he had the same monitors on, so you could hear what he heard on stage. Right. Um, which made for a fascinating concert going experience and one that's not easily replicated. If you have a larger crowd.
0: Right. Like kind of sounds cool.
3: Yeah. There was still like maybe a hundred people inside. Maybe. Um, like definitely 60. Um, like the, it still played through the speakers so you had the vibration of it being a live show but what was fascinating was you got the intimacy of just hearing Chris's voice and the music in your headphones mm-hmm. well being there in this huge shared experience that we are used to in a concert so it like it was intimate and and shared simultaneously it's fascinating
2: yeah I'm definitely like Something trying cool. to imagine what that would feel like and I can't
3: mm-hmm. it, it's I probably it's the clearest I have ever heard any vocalist at a concert before <laughs> because it was right there in my ears and then oh, I could right. adjust the sound as need, need be like so I was able to come out of a concert not feeling like my ears were immediately ringing
1: mm. uh. um,
2: were there still a lot of like people like cheering and shouting and singing along
3: Yes, which was I, all muffled because you had headphones on.
2: I would feel weird to, like, participate to music the way one does at a live show if I were wearing headphones. <clears throat> because the headphones make it just you and the music. And so, ah, it's it's hurting my brain.
3: Let, let's I still also want it. add into this everyone was also still masked because it – that was part of the requirements is this was Mm -hmm. going to be a masked show. So everyone is singing along, but your mask is covering your face. So you still have that level of, um, Oh man. uh, Privacy to yourself. It's like, like it's
0: cool, but also creepy. uh
2: It's, it's really hard to wrap my brain around what that must be like.
3: It's certainly something to experience. I wouldn't, I don't expect this will be the only time that, I'll ever see something like this.
0: But
1: it's
3: certainly the first time I've ever experienced something like this.
0: Wait. Do they hand out Bluetooth headsets for everyone? Yes. Wow. How many? So that means this is something they've probably done before then.
3: This is something that they specifically are doing this tour for.
0: Oh, so the band had the head. It's not the venue. Oh, not the venue. venue. Oh, Oh, okay.
3: The band is, is taking cool. all of this around with them. That's it's also cool. why, it, like, for a, a show at the Star Theater, it was also, like, a $40 ticket. Mm-hmm. But that's because I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Because they have invested in new technology and are attempting right. to change the the intim- intimacy of the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, my mind is blown. And I, I, I want... I want, I want to see this. I want to experience this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Norm in the chat is saying that um, the latest round of VR products are probably going to make that happen. And I... Yes and no. Um, I have zero interest in VR. Is that Am I alone on that?
0: Um, I don't know if I have zero interest. I have interest with very specific things in mind. Like I can't imagine like the TV or movie experience going into VR. I don't know if I would enjoy that as much. Um, I like it limited on like um, on some games, um, especially when the game is designed for it. Like the one I keep remembering was years ago when Ryan and I did the the VR the Star Wars thing back at downtown Disney those years ago that you also put on like a vest that would hit you with impact if you got blasted at and hmm. it hits you with hot air during scenes with lava and wind and stuff. It was super immersive. That's cool. Um, I could almost imagine with good technology, like a broadcast VR concert.
3: Mm-hmm. I It's still the, the part of this that is then omitted is being in a, in the same room with everyone who's having the same shared experience, Mm -hmm. but also having an intimate concert simultaneously. Like that's, if you're going to do that with VR, it's everyone has to be hooked up to the same VR, watching the same thing, doing the same thing at the same location. Right.
2: Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that Norm necessarily means it in that same way. I think he just means like, people could virtually attend a tour from home. They could, but it'll be an enhanced experience because of the VR products. Um, And to that, I say, eh.
3: I don't. I think that that is possible, but we are still uh, light years away from holodecks.
1: Yes, (laughs) that's true.
3: And that's that's the immersive VR experience that I think would be more um, able to supplant being there live. Right.
0: Yeah. Still kind of cool.
3: Yeah. But yeah, that's there. That was the thing that I did that isn't what the rest of us that we all did to get ready for the show this week.
2: Right. Now, let's talk about the thing we did all three do this weekend.
0: We went to the Multiverse of Madness, baby.
2: Woo! Yeah. I, was, I was painting one of them. I,
3: I, gotta, I gotta ask this of Aaron, because what? this occurred to me over the weekend. Yeah? Because it feels like a very deliberate Sam Raimi thing to do.
0: <laughs>
3: did he... Do you think Sam Raimi deliberately chose Multiverse of Madness as a title, knowing that it could be the acronym of MOM, not not solely based on the content of the movie, but because the release weekend was going to coincide with fucking Mother's Day?
2: I'm so
0: glad you asked that. I don't think so, because he was brought on after they had announced the movie.
3: Okay. Remember, he
0: replaced the director. Okay. Uh, Who did he replace? uh, I forgot.
3: Someone that we don't care about because he got replaced. Yeah, he got
0: replaced. Um, I do think Marvel slash Disney intentionally, I don't think about the mom part, but I think considering a lot of the themes, I think they intentionally like, well, if we're going to move it, let's fucking move it to Mother's Day.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that does feel. Yeah. It just felt like a very Sam Raimi joke.
0: Oh there's a lot like, of them in here.
3: It's it's nothing but I I think this is uh, so we'll we'll talk about this uh without dipping into any spoilers. So if you're concerned about us uh yeah, dropping hints about anything, we're not gonna um I, I do think this is probably the I did enjoy the movie and I think it is one of the tightest of Raimi's productions that I've seen.
0: Uh, I don't know about that. Mm. He does tend to sometimes have a problem when he's given a big budget because I think, and this is a younger Raimi, he'd be a little nervous to go and do the kind of camera work he loves to do.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Like his Spider-Man is great, but it doesn't quite feel like a Raimi movie. Spider-Man 2 does.
3: Spider-Man 2 is a Raimi movie.
0: Um, and I think it's the best out of those anyway, uh, a lot of, not just cause of him, but performances and story. Um, I, I think his, so for me, Multiverse of Madness has a lot of weird story jumps where I would go, huh, but those moments are saved by just like, you know, a, like a Raimi thing, like, Oh, oh never mind. Because <laughs> it's it's like – it's almost like he knew where the narrative would have people going,
1: what? Oh, shit!
0: You know, and, you know, and, you know, like for Raby-like fans, especially if you're Evil Dead fans, like this has, you know, this has the force POV. You know Evil Dead, you know what that is? It's the – Yeah, it has that. Mm-hmm. I mean it's got all the Dutch angles – It's got his love of doing a montage with superimposed images. You know, it's got all that shit. Um, And he really seems to kick it into gear whenever there's a time wherever I, in terms of plot, would go, well, wait a minute. Why just, oh, okay, oh, there it goes. Um, I will say, I am honestly shocked, especially considering, I think this has to do with the, the power of the mouse and Kevin Feige. But considering Raimi's relationship with the MPAA, which is very bad, by the way. They are not buddies. I am shocked this got PG-13.
1: Huh.
0: Um, this isn't a spoiler per se, but there's like a lot of exploding bodies and heads in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> which I love But I went, how the fuck did they get away with that in a Marvel movie? Things PG- get pretty murdery. They get really murdery.
3: <laughs> the i think the uh, mpas relationship they dropped the second a by the way um
1: oh.
3: Oh, okay. they're just the motion and picture association
1: okay
3: you know their their reach is widespread um and they're not
0: actually artists cuz that's what it used to be right motion picture arts association
3: i thought it was the motion picture uh motion picture association of america
0: oh you're right i thought you're yeah mind.
3: Yeah. Um I think whatever relationship that Raimi has with the MPA, that Disney's relationship with the MPA supersedes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and for folks who don't know, um, they gave Evil Dead an X rating, which in nineteen seventy nine slash eighty I could kinda see it. Um they tried to give Evil Dead 2 an X rating uh so he got pissed off and just re-released it unreleased or un unrated or whatever with a different bullshit co- he literally created a fake company to do that and then army of darkness which is basically jason and the argonauts with bruce campbell they mm-hmm. also tried to give an x rating to a movie that literally yeah anyway he's got he's not him and the mpa are not buddies
3: so, it, here's the thing though like if you've ever looked at part of how they rate movies, the MPA, Mm. it makes as much sense as the Comics Code Authority.
0: Oh, yeah. A little sidebar. If you ever get a chance, find the documentary this film is not yet rated. It's fascinating and infuriating. It 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 almost
2: seems like there's not really a logical system for you know censoring stuff based on your puritanical Mm -hmm. bullshit
0: there's not and it's literally a group of suburban soccer moms that make up the Mm -hmm.
1: rating
0: Fuck that, like 100% anyway back to this movie Um, yeah I mean I loved it but I mean that's I always say that with a caveat in that I can't think of a Sam Raimi movie I don't love I have some that I'm like "Eh, okay Um, but I'm pretty much in the bag for anything he does uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, but for me, the story does kind of bounce around a lot at times where I'm like, I don't quite understand why they're doing what they're doing. Um, I feel like this is a it, movie that is 100% works because of the directing and the performances. Mm-hmm.
1: Not it the is
3: v- very superficial
0: story yeah. wise, yeah, and
3: but, that that seems to be. Hmm? I, was,
2: I think I think that feeds into like my biggest complaint is in terms of the antagonist. I think it's lazy writing or uh, storytelling. I'm not sure like exactly how you would coin it, but
1: hmm.
2: I was I, well, I won't even say that I'm like disappointed in it. I have mixed feelings about their choices in in the antagonist and how that all plays out.
0: yeah i could see that i mean i think there's a big theme in this movie of accepting and owning up and reacting to your own personal mistakes and responsibilities which is very much something at least as they've been presented the mcu is something that both doctor strange and wanda have had to deal with Mm -hmm. um they have both done shit that causes repercussions and neither of them have Really owned up to it on a personal level. I don't mean society, but to themselves. I don't know
3: they've, I don't think they've owned up to it on a societal level either. But that's no, no,
1: yeah. yeah.
3: I think that that means that the three of us should, you know, go have a beer and talk more about that.
2: We yeah, probably no. should have tried to do that before tonight, but uh, but Woo! I would still be interested in doing that.
3: Yeah, I, I, I thought mean, about be- that too, but I, I kind of like having our takes be fresh when we talk we about could,
0: it. That's true. We could bring a micro recorder and just record our audio and upload it as like a bonus content later.
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: Or we just do it for ourselves. Doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've
3: yeah. There's that. I I think if we revisit it again, like and talk about like right before Thor, love and thunder comes out in July, we can revisit multiverse of madness and talk about all of the content of it because People who have seen the movie by then,
2: yeah. Or we could do like we did with Shang Chi, is after it's you know been released for streaming, and we can do a a more spoiler right. pro right. conversation. I like there's with, so much we can't say right now.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it hits Disney Plus the week before Love and Thunder. It probably mm. will, more than likely. It's doing huge numbers, so mm-hmm. good.
2: I, I mean, overall, it's a it's a very fun
0: movie? Uh Oh, it's definitely fun. Uh Um, I feel like some people might be disappointed, even though there's a just uh, you know, a Delta 88 sized amount of cameos in this movie. I think people, I thought there might be more. Um, Where? How could I don't know where. I think they were expecting like into the um, far from home levels of stuff of like different Mm -hmm. actors playing Doctor Strange.
3: Oh, I do. Stuff like that. I am happy that uh, – I am going to dispel this right now, though, that there are two – there were two major fan theories that kept getting um, surfaced around or sur- <clears throat> circulated around, and I'm glad that neither one of them had ab- any truth to them. They carried no weight. One was the appearance of to- Toby Maguire coming back to play Spider-Man and then getting killed by the Scarlet Witch total bullshit. I didn't know that rumor. Yeah, that would yeah. be dumb. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. And the other was uh, Tom Cruise playing Superior Iron Man. Oh, I remember no that one. thank you. Yeah. Also bullshit.
0: Yeah. I
2: actually
3: total don't think, think he'd ever really want
0: to kill off the Toby Peter Parker, because deep down, I kind of think Raimi hopes he gets to do a Spider-Man 4. He's hinted might... at it a few times, of like, well, yeah, we could do an older Peter, older and married Peter Parker and... Mm-hmm. He's, and he even kind of said, "He says everything's on the table now with what they do." So, yep, everything
2: is. Um, I I've heard a lot of people say that, like after this, they would really love it if Marvel just walked away from multiverse stuff because between what Marvel has done and then you know the advent of everything everywhere, like you can't really like top that, and you shouldn't try to like it's it's perfect, it's great like like don't beat the horse like you've you've, you've effectively killed it. Good job.
0: Stop well, think, right there. I think yeah. they have to inter- I think they have to introduce the idea so they can create the new timeline. I think they're kind of all in on that now. Mm. And I think we're going to see that a lot with uh Quantum Mania, which is now next year, I believe. Yes, it is.
3: It's next um,
0: February. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. with them kind of dropping Kang as the potential new bad you show there you show there's multiverses, you show there's multiple timelines, and then you have to bring them together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So that's kind of what I think they're gonna do.
3: The the other thing is, is Marvel doesn't own the concept of a multiverse. Like that existed before Marvel.
1: Oh and yeah.
3: In media, mm-hmm. that it's certainly like they're not the first ones to do it.
0: um so yeah I, especially I, I
1: don't...
0: In... sorry go ahead so especially in comic form like for a long time marvel did not like to admit they had multiple universes they, literally it was that's your dad's old dc comics that does that shit like that was literally the attitude of marvel through the 70s
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know um but uh trying... the music i thought was fantastic uh, I loved Elfman's score. It was like, it was all over the place. And a few times, like, it would get jarringly into horror for a minute. Mm-hmm. There was like a metal riff. It would just go, I'm like, why the fuck is, okay, but it's cool. All right. It, he's, uh,
3: I love that uh, Danny Elfman is getting yet another uh, resurgence. Yes. <laughs> Not that he's ever seemingly gone away. No. It just, like, it, every, you know, five to ten years other people go oh my god, this Danny Elfman guy is great I'm like, yep, yes yeah. he is welcome <laughs> to yeah. the party, kid it's a dead party who yeah. could ask for more
1: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I uh, love that like this mid-60s dude was like, ended up being one of the best parts of like Coachella it was
3: Billie Eilish and Danny Elfman they ruled yep. Coachella oh wow, Yep, that, that yep. is
2: uh, like together did they no, things? they oh, no, they
3: did That's all that they anyone talked about was yeah. Billie Eilish's performances and Danny Elfman's performances. It's like the, the absolute youngest performer at Coachella and mm-hmm. the absolute oldest performer at Coachella.
0: <laughs> By the way, 65, Homeboy's kind of cut, too.
3: Yep. And <laughs> has more tattoos than he did when he was the I think the last big live performance that he did was Oingo Boingo's – um farewell tour in l a
0: yeah Her well, he, well he concert. can't very
2: well have fewer
0: I didn't he expect him to get, get more him. like he's he's got he got a lot, yeah, well, even by his own admission, like he's dealing with some of his healing issues or his hearing issues mm-hmm. that live rock shows were getting harder and harder for him, um, oh wow,
2: yeah, he is covered in tattoos and relatively ripped, yeah. <laughs> Especially for for his age, God, how old is he?
0: Especially when you think of Danny Elfman, you just think like, oh, the nerdy redhead, like do 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 do,
1: until you hear like sixty five. Yeah, I know. Uh, Like you
2: see, like non stage pictures of him, and he just looks like just like a regular, you know, late middle aged guy. mm
1: -hmm. Yeah,
0: Um, I kind of knew that Danny was going to come back when I fucking listened to his his COVID lockdown album, fuck, which is him just dumping his heart out onto music and it's intense. I still
3: have not made it through the whole album. I think I've gotten through like four or five the last time I listened to it and I'm like, yeah, I can't, I don't I don't have it's the space for this.
1: Yeah.
3: I didn't expect that. Like I heard people say, it. "Oh, it's intense." and I'm like, "Oh, no. This is I nope. I she don't have if- the Yeah, I didn't have the bandwidth for it.
0: Yeah. It's
3: fantastic, but it is overwhelming. Yeah. It is the most Danny Elfman that Danny Elfman has ever, Danny
0: Elfman. It really is. <laughs> um,
2: I did, like, write that down so I remember to check it out. because This is far from the first time people have been like, Yeah, Yo. big
0: mess. Oh, yeah, big mess.
3: Yeah, and uh, then he put, was- a, he put out a single this year with uh, Trent Reznor. Yeah. It's like, the fuck? <laughs> it's like, oh, um, that wasn't, I didn't realize I needed that in my life either. But there you go.
0: I will also add on, back to Doctor Strange, um, that Bruce Campbell cameo, it is the most blatant bit of Sam Raimi fan service to the fans that he's ever done with a Bruce Campbell cameo.
1: <laughs> and
3: I, I feel like that that is the one, <laughs> one cameo that we can mention as it is a Sam Raimi movie, and of course Bruce Campbell's going to be in it. Yeah. If you uh, didn't expect Bruce Campbell, you've never seen a Sam
0: Raimi movie before. Right. Um, he basically goes full on Evil Dead 2, Evil Hand Bruce Campbell. I This is not a spoiler. I expected him to do one of his flips. Mm-hmm. I expected him to grab himself by his own haunches and flip himself over. But then mm-hmm. I forgot that Bruce Campbell is also like 65 years old and he is not doing that anymore.
3: No, he shouldn't um, break a
0: hip. Yeah, yeah. Norm mentioned Pizza Papa always gets his money. So, even the name Pizza Papa is literally a one percent joke to people that have watched the fucking commentary of Evil Dead Two. Of course, it the, is. it's a it's an inside joke to that, uh, and then stay for the end of the credits also. Because we yep. get a full-on fucking fourth wall break.
3: <laughs> there are two post uh, post credit sequence uh,
0: scenes. Please, stay for both.
2: Out of the auditorium, where I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, that was only one. It's like yep. a stolen empty seat. There's two. I, I knew,
0: I knew, I had enough time to go to the bathroom. Sure. Like, saw the first one. I was like, okay, I know they like, don't show it again like, until. Okay, gotta go pee. <laughs> so after the teamsters logo, so I gotta go pee. Yeah, it was exactly it. Um, I had fun, but you know, it's for me though, it's a, it's a rainy movie. So of course I'm going to have fun. Sure. Um, But it was great. It was fun. Um, Pretty horrific at times, Mm -hmm. uh, which I approved.
3: Well, I think we can move from that into another portion of the Marvel universe that we can be a little more talkative about.
0: Yeah, we can do that. And that is,
3: that would be the, the end Uh, And we can kind of talk about all of Moon Knight.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: And it's uh, six episodes.
0: That was weird.
3: (laughs) I'm going to say this right now. Um, I didn't see it coming. And I am glad for its inclusion. Uh, The character of Layla becoming the avatar of Tawret. And becoming marvel's first egyptian superhero
0: yeah the scarlet scarab i think is the character
3: did she get a name
0: they I think they're officially calling her the scarlet scarab now yeah okay and usually when they name them that means they're going to show up somewhere mm-hmm. um
3: th- yeah th- she's 100 got to show up in more places uh the showrunner was really happy with the reception um i felt like that her whole introduction scene was both perfect for the character and for the show and provided meta-commentary. Um, so I'm looking forward to... The, the actress's name is May Kalama, Kalamawi. Am uh, I butchering that? A C-A-L-A-M-A-W-Y. Kalamawi. Okay. Um, she's great.
2: That's how I would pronounce it.
3: And, yeah, and I
0: love that costume, too.
3: And like I love the fact that it's like, great. This was a great way to introduce a brand new character... Put her on the Avengers.
2: Uh, <laughs> it was me how much she kind of reminds me of that costume. I should say the costume, not the not the actress or the character. Just the that costume reminds me of um, Hawk Girl from Legends of Tomorrow, the very first season.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not all that shocking because the Hawkman and Hawk Girl origins. Always finds their way back to Egypt. So, yep. I was gonna say they were they were Middle Egypt. Eastern
2: too. So,
0: yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, specifically Egyptian. And oh, okay. Hawk, Hawk. Man is in Black Adam, right?
3: Hawkman is in Black Adam.
0: Yeah. So now we know how those wings should look. So don't actually his wings are a little different, but yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah I thought that that was like a really cool way to sort of like turn it around at the at the end,
3: yep, um, and she also did a great little performance where she kept switching back and forth between being Layla and being Talret having the conversation with herself. It's like that was super fantastic cool.
2: in the middle of all the chaos, too. Was, yep, it's great,
3: but overall, um i yeah, I agree there, and Moon Knight was weird. But it wasn't, it wasn't the full on weird it could have been in places.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny when it was over, I found myself wishing it was more, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, The stakes for me never felt. It's almost like Moon Knight, the writers couldn't decide if they wanted to tell this personal story that maybe taps into mental health with a superhero vibe, or do they want to go with end of the world, um, Egyptian kaiju fight?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I feel like the story got lost somewhere in the mill for me. Um, And, you know, being the, you know, the nerd, I wanted, you know, more Moon Knight.
3: I think considering, or uh, in comparison to uh, Multiverse of Madness, uh, Moon Knight was very similar in that the story at times felt very lacking. But my my interest, my interest in the show uh, was cultivated by the fact that the performances were fantastic. Yeah. Like, it. so much has been said about what oscar isaac did on screen in that fifth episode really just kind of hit like a sledgehammer um ethan hawk was great as harrow um, mm-hmm.
1: uh
3: make kala kalamawi as uh, Layla was great like the the central cast was very good uh, f murray abraham is Kanchu, the voice yes. of Kanchu. He was just a dick the entire time. Total dick. Man, it was great. I,
0: was I loved it. It was so good. Uh,
2: I do agree, though. Uh, much like have, uh, much like my review of The Northman, uh, it it was it was a lot of different elements, and I really could have done with more of any single one of them, like as as a focus.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: But overall, I I did enjoy it. I, I'll, I'll watch fucking anything Oscar Isaacs
0: is in. I mean, yeah, that's true. But I mean, you're right. Like, one episode it's the quirkiness of Mark Spector and him dealing with the voices in his head and is he mad or is there really an Egyptian god vigilante living inside him? um And then it kind of becomes like a weird Indiana Jones movie. Mm-hmm. And then it decides, no, we're gonna this is going to be a world-ending thing because of the after God comes back, she's going to prejudge and kill billions or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now we're going to spend an episode in an asylum that is in his head um, and deal with some personal grief. Like all of those are valid stories, but all of those on their own are their own arc.
2: Each one needs its own time to really like yeah, make an and, impact.
0: And I felt like Moon Knight never committed to any of them.
3: And I guess to a degree that that in and of itself is part of the course for Moon Knight. Moon Knight has never been like we've talked about on the show before. There are people who are familiar with Moon Knight and know that he's a comic book character in the Marvel Universe, and he wears all white and does superhero stuff. And then they're right. fucking Moon
0: Knight fans. Oh yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and are you um, saying
2: that this show was intentionally schizophrenic?
0: maybe i i'm not gonna
2: I, i'm not sure i want to give them that much credit though i uh-uh. like the idea that it, it yeah. of that being true
0: um and the other thing i'll, I'll add and this kind of might sound like you know kind of fanish nitpicking but some of the earlier mcu movies where the world was at risk i could kind of buy why the big guns don't show up I feel like we've hit a stage in the mcu where the disney plus shows almost need to scale it back a little bit in terms of world ending events because there were two kaiju fighting in cairo mm-hmm. and it was really hard for me to imagine that a couple of avengers are not going to show up on that and i know that seems like kind of dumb but you're expecting me to have a certain amount of disbelief within the mcu And stuff like that makes it a little bit trickier for me. I'm not saying we couldn't have had a cool God fight, but not when they're 400 feet tall over Cairo.
3: That's when I, those are the times that I'm like, cool, where's your timeline? Right. But if you show me the timeline of where that takes place and then I can go, Oh, that's because a, B and C were all off world. D was doing this other thing. Um, so that's why none of them got involved. And they're the only ones that could have gotten there in a second. Sure. Like Thor's off world. Captain Marvel is always off world. Um,
0: yeah, no, I get it. It's just, I just always have those weird moments of like,
1: eh, all right.
3: Um, technically Wong could have showed up depending on where he was at the time. Right. And what was going on with him. Yeah. Because he can, like, he and, and everyone else in camartage can just sling ring and be right there.
0: Oh, man. Really quick, jumping back to that really fast. Sure. Well, never mind. It's a spoiler. Forget it. Don't do that. <laughs> say it after the show. I'll yeah. tell you guys after the show.
3: Okay. Uh, but, like, you know, Sam's great. Sam would have to take a jet from the U.S. to Egypt. That's still going to take some time.
0: Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Maybe something that establishes when these take place would help a lot.
3: That and that's why I, it's like I just want a timeline to show me on a timeline where these things are taking place. Like, like I've been piecing together all of last year, so it's like, like Spider-Man took the most, like that one movie mm-hmm. took place over a six-month fucking period, right. <laughs> well key points in a six month period i should say
0: (laughs) but you know it's it's good i don't know if we're gonna get a season two i know there was a weird snafu where like the day it came out like the official marvel twitter was like stream the season the series finale now and like 10 minutes later they had deleted that and reposted see the season finale now um Weird. Jason I- or Jason Isaac, Oscar Isaacs has kind of hinted that he's done mm-hmm. like with Marvel and stuff. But, you know, you dangle enough money and a decent script and you'll get almost anybody back. Well,
2: it depends him, on why he said he's
0: done. Uh, so
3: my guess would be after everything that he went through with Disney and Star Wars, when they came to him and said, hey, we want to. You to play this? It's like cool. I am contracting for that that many show or that many episodes for this show, and everything else
0: we have to go back to the table. Also, I am going to be the EP on this show too. Mm. Yeah. Um, Then they went okay. Yeah, yeah, I can see that.
3: It's like, Um, "Uh, and then who do you want to be the villain? I am going to go talk to Ethan. Right. He's the one that brought (laughs) Ethan Hawke in.
0: He's also Um, the reason why we have Pedro Pascal as uh, the Mandalorian. Thank you, Oscar Isaacs. Yeah, no, he he had, like, yeah.
2: Yeah, continue.
0: That was it. Like, Pedro Pascal wasn't sure he wanted to do it, and Oscar Isaacs like, yeah, you do. Just go play the dance. (laughs) Yeah, you do. (laughs)
1: Apparently it
0: was something to do, like, you, you know, like, you love Boba Fett, and he's like, you know you want to do it. And he's like, all right, I'll go do (laughs) it.
2: Um. Well, speaking of universes where I would really, li- where one would really like a timeline of when and where everything happens,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, we want to talk about Picard and uh, Strange New Worlds.
3: So now we're going to move from the Marvel universe to the Star Trek universe. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yes.
0: Um, this will be
3: this will be spoiler filled.
0: This also. one will be. Are we doing Picard also? Yes. Well, let's take a quick commercial break before we get back to the show. First up, we have our longest sponsor, Guardian Games. Check them out over at 345 Southeast Taylor Street in Portland, Oregon. Uh, I think I've mentioned a few times they've had a really cool remodel that basically separates, like, the shopping from the in-store gaming. Not that, you know, it was a bad thing or anything, but, you know, sometimes you get a little crowded. and Or when I was shopping for games, I always felt bad that, like, my butt was going to knock over someone's, you know, Warhammer and, you know... The one thing the blood god does not need bar, bar you know, is, is is my butt. So <laughs> anyway, it's a cool new layout. It looks really great. And always when you walk in there, you can see all the new games that came in that week, um, all the new product and stuff like that. As soon as you walk in, you'll see it. Um, right now, they've also got an LGBTQ uh, created section, you know, by and for, which is pretty cool to see. Um, and I'm finding a lot of like solo role-playing games now like basically like the dm free games it's like you and the book and like that's it and they look pretty cool you know they're like super advanced versions of choose your own adventures but for older people and how can you not want that so yeah definitely check it out check out the all. check out guardian games and when you're there as always thank them for being our longest sponsor of geek in the city radio and next before we get back to the show of course Bridge City Comics, 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. They are one of Portland's greatest comic book stores. However, if you did hear the news within the past few days, Bridge City Comics, at the end of May, will become Rose City Comics. After 17 years, uh, Michael is going to retire from the retail business, uh, mainly so he can actually read the comics that he's been selling for 17 years. (laughs) Like the big nerd that he is. And, uh, uh, Donna will be taking over as the new owner. If you've been shopping there on the, you know, recently or the past couple of years or so, you know Donna. She's pretty awesome. And, uh, yeah, no real ships for us customers though. Like if you got a box, you'll, you'll be fine. Um, the same great service you've always come to know and love will still be there. It'll just be a new name. Rose City Comics. Check them out. 3725 North Mississippi Avenue. And while you're there, thank them for, you know, being a sponsor of Geek in the City Radio. Uh, I I, I want to start though. with Picard if yeah. if we can. Yeah.
2: since it's over because now.
0: I would like to save Strange New Worlds for the big most delectable band. of desserts. Yeah. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. I might watch that again tonight. Oh, okay. For like my fourth time.
2: What? Keep it in your pants, boys.
0: It's not it. Just That's both not of it you at are both all. Of there are so few things very... that there are so few things that give me utter pure joy with no drawbacks and that's one of them
3: did i not reference it as dessert any yeah. noises that i'm making are because i'm thinking of it as a chocolate cake yeah i made a,
0: a yummy sound
3: savory pie
2: I, I think you guys are very horny for dessert is what i'm saying like what i saw and what i heard just now
3: no, no. that's let's, not the
1: descriptor let's, car- I use. let's carry on Okay,
2: he's not that
1: quirky. She, she derails us this time.
2: It did I really did? Uh, but,
0: okay, so Picard, I just want to say something really quick with Picard. Uh, I fucking called that Wesley shit from a mile yes, away. Yep, that we talked months about ago on the show. Hmm.
2: I, I really could have done without.
3: So yeah. that Denise, I, I've talked to a few people about this and I get the general impression that uh, Star Trek fans even fans of Picard are like well I'm not coming back for season three
2: I did read at least one review that said uh, I will not be back I didn't dislike what has happened so far I just don't like where this is going they didn't actually name uh, Wesley on purpose but but yes I, I, I have seen that
3: I, I didn't have a problem with Wesley showing up. Um, it just... It felt very disconnected from the rest of the story. That's yes. That was my problem with it. Right. And, and to the degree that it felt more like that was Will Wheaton playing Will Wheaton rather than Will Wheaton playing Wesley Crusher.
1: Yes. Yeah.
3: I, that, yeah. was,
2: that was the a big part of my annoyance because I, I don't feel like... I have a problem with Wesley Crusher, the character, outside of, like, you know, okay, fine, he's kind of a, a smarmy teenage boy. Like, who isn't annoyed by that to at least some small degree? But that was not Wesley Crusher. That was just Will Wheaton being extremely Will Wheaton. And that's not something that I generally care for in general. Yeah,
0: and and part of it might be is they apparently didn't have any rehearsal time.
3: Oh well, okay. I'll get. It him was that. like,
0: hey, okay. we're right? We've written this scene for you. He knew a long time ago that he was going to become the traveler, mm. but like, it, like they rehearsed it the day they shot it, like that. He's admitted that they've said like it was great and intense. He's like, but no, it was a one-day thing.
1: Oh, geez. and
2: I guess, admittedly, also all of the other actors who portrayed a character on TNG were always adults, and so they don't need to necessarily evolve that those characters to to re- reprise them again mm-hmm. because they're still adults. Um but the Wesley Crusher character was more or less a child and is now definitely an adult and they're it, it's it's hard enough to like come back into a character that you haven't embodied for a long time, but if you're also supposed to be very different by that point.
3: Sure. I I think there's a, a part of that too that uh I don't think they could have gotten him to do this, but if they had shaved him, or if he had shaved, that would have made a visual difference. It would have felt less like it was Will Wheaton playing Will Wheaton and would have felt more like Will Wheaton playing Wesley Crusher.
0: Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um But I'm you know, I'm excited to see where they go with it. I mean, that's why I think he's gonna have a bigger part in season three. Which is why when everyone was so mad, I was like, guys, he's going to be in season three. Just, he's going to be the traveler. Like, come on. I don't know what we're going to get with season three at this point. Um, I don't either. Part of my gut tells me that not all of them make it out alive either. But who knows?
3: Yeah, like, there is definitely some... I enjoyed Picard season two overall. Um, Mm -hmm. I was not... It's like, I enjoyed the season finale while I watched it, but it, like, upon reflection, it's like, that was definitely very weak. Yeah, it's
0: more like three little epilogues than an actual finale. Yeah.
2: There were so many elements to this season, and then everything gets wrapped up very tidily, and, and yes, rather hurried, and thus not very well.
3: And, and that's, like, that's the same problem that I feel season one had as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Like,
3: th- they were already hamstringed by the fact that you could tell after, you know, when they started shooting that show, or season one, the way they were telling the story, it's like, they're killing Picard at the end of the series. Yeah. And... Something changed at a at a studio level, where like, oh no, you're not. That you're coming back for your second and third season. It's like, well, did, but we're gonna kill. The ki-. yeah, okay, they're
0: like, no, no, you need to.
2: Fix but then that. they have to slap on a way to change that at the at they, the very last.
3: Yep, mm-hmm. and they did, and it felt like they did that, and all of like, it's it's the same thing that happened. It, like, what's wrong with season one is the same thing that's wrong with season two, and that is they have nine episodes of setup um and then try to do one episode of wrap up it's like stop doing that
1: that actually you need to be like-
3: better at that's pacing yeah
0: that's the same thing i see actually even though i love discovery discovery does that too yep they will they ramp up
2: so, they get so big like they have to keep explaining and understanding what's going on and then there's just like this little bottleneck to to solve the problem
0: yeah, mm-hmm. and, and like they'll both ramp up really early, like present like one hell of a problem, and they go for a few episodes and you're going and going. And I feel like both writers' rooms then do this thing where they're like, Okay, now let's pull it in to remember it's about characters. So now let's do these deep character dives, which are good, but you spend like almost half your show doing that, and then it's oh shit, okay, now let's the characters are in the middle of their personal issues are coming out of it bam let's hit him with the crisis again and remind them all why they started going through this in the first place and it always makes i've had this with like almost every season finale of discovery where i'm like except maybe season 2 where they actually gave themselves two episodes to do it mm-hmm. um i've been like really like and you're just going to okay i guess like the the win actually never feels earned to me mm-hmm.
3: um that's fair.
0: You know, stopping Song in in Picard, I don't know. Like I was like, okay, yeah, good. You you did it. All right. Like, I don't know. I didn't feel like there are any real ramifications other than wanting to do the next tease for what's coming next, which was him seeing Project Khan. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they're not going to do anything with that in Picard Season 3. I think that's literally an Easter egg to Enterprise fans because you know that the next thing the Soong family does, they get into augments.
3: And Yes, they do. And it's also... We can talk about this more when we get into Strange New Worlds because it brings that very specific thing up. But it is yeah. part of... Them fixing the Star Trek timeline so that we are still in the Star Trek timeline. Right. Which is unnerving.
0: Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, it's well acted. Um, I know that being not the biggest fan of Q, but I found that ending to be very emotional and appropriate. I I liked it.
2: I had zero problem with this uh, iteration of Q the things that I never liked about the cute character was what a fucking Muppet he was. Just, like, mm-hmm. almost zany, you know? And, like, forcing these, like, alternate realities, but it's all wacky and goofy. Like, oh, we're all in a mariachi, mariachi band now. Like, it, this is, like, unnecessarily silly. <laughs> yeah.
1: um,
2: this this particular Q, who basically describes himself, like, you know, compares himself to the gods, is a very... Um, you know, he has some he has a lot of gravitas about him. And maybe that's only because he's dying and so it like takes some of the fun out of his day, but it mm-hmm. was a it was a presentation of that type of character that I appreciate much more.
0: Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. The, you know, you matter to me, you know, you will not die alone.
2: I it was a very touching goodbye that they had. Yes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I I also really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. Um, there was a neat little behind the scenes video when they had wrapped the final scene between John Delancey and, and Patrick Stewart the cameras were still rolling and you can tell Delancey is, is emotional and he talks about the day he filmed his first scene at Encounter at Farpoint Roddenberry pulled him aside and said I hope you're ready for what you've gotten he says, he told me I hope you're ready for what you've gotten yourself into because this is going to follow you for most of your life. Huh. Uh, and then, he, and then you know, Lance says, and now we cut to now where it's finally done. He's like almost 35, 40. Jesus, long time ago now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, that was really pointed kind of behind the scenes moment that I liked. Um, Norm mentioned they telegraphed the Girardi scene in the beginning pretty heavily. Not that well. I don't know. I think it was... I think it was an intentional telegraph.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I don't think they were trying to be sneaky with it. Um, I appreciate this new evolution of the Borg.
2: A kinder, gentler Borg?
0: Um, so, it,
3: like, if I had been writing Star Trek, um, that was the direction I actually would have taken the Borg. That's the direction I would have taken it in that if you want to stop the Borg, you can't do it by fighting them. You have to explain to them. You have to basically go, no, continue assimilating, continue doing this. Just ask. If it becomes an offer, then it's something that people want to do.
0: Yeah. Once the Borg stopped being, because when they're first introduced, they're introduced more like a force of nature. Uh-huh. You don't negotiate with the hurricane. You just survive the hurricane till it fucking comes through again. And I like that about him. It made him terrifying. Creating the Queen gave them ego, uh-huh. and then you couldn't make them this unrelenting force because now they're just now they're just the boogeyman. Now, mm-hmm. now they're literally just Michael Myers, and that is less interesting to me. Uh-huh. This I feel like from narratively, this evolution had to happen if you wanted to make the Borg. a a relevant character in star trek sure and i like how they handled it
3: and it goes it moves this notion forward of the whole premise of what starfleet is trying to do is make things better and not have everything have to be resolved through conflict Mm -hmm. um it the problem is is when you do that, that's doesn't make for interesting television, <laughs> right? which is, which is why they're always this monster that's coming to get you. It's like, okay, that's fine. But in my head, when I was like, well, if I was in Star Trek, I would have done this with the board because that makes them like, if it becomes a choice, then that changes their ability to grow. Um, And maybe they become more popular than the Federation. It's like, yeah, I could join the Federation. They squabble a lot. And there's a lot of infighting. Or I could just join the Borg because they're just going around doing the same thing.
1: (laughs) But everybody's
0: on the same page. (laughs) Yeah, potentially. But then you have room for like, but are you actually having your own voice? But yeah, I am saying yeah.
3: Um, it like and that starts getting into what do people need? Like the only reason that Gerardi was able to make any sort of headway with the Queen is was that she was able to find what commonality they had mm-hmm. emotionally. Um, so, like, yeah. I, 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 don't know. I don't
2: know. Uh I I thought that that was really intriguing because I'm not gonna say like that or my mem- my memory is, is, is shit. So I can't really remember exactly, but it seems to me like they took the, the you know, the character Geradiel and like how like sad and lonely she was and like I don't remember it being quite so big a thing in the first season, but I do remember it being there. And then this season, it seems to be this thing that is like this massive weight on her from from scene one, essentially. And uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead.
3: I, I was just going to say, I do think that that was while it wasn't a focus, the that that uh, um, information about the character was there and informed uh, Allison Pill's performance. Because there are decisions that she made and things that she did that a person who has a constant hole in themselves that they are always trying to fill. It's like, yeah, that consistently in, in storytelling, Mm -hmm. the person who is always trying to fill that empty void within themselves are the ones that make the worst fucking decisions. But then they also have the capacity to make the best fucking decisions, Um, no no
2: yeah you're right because she basically became like a fucking double agent in season one so never mind I take it back she was always that amount of sad and lonely Mm -hmm. Um, and while in one way like she is now she has now resolved that problem for herself and is is essentially getting a happy ending it kind of dead ends the character for the show
3: which is why she's not coming back
0: yeah she's not coming back
2: and someone was saying earlier they're like oh they're kill they're going to kill off all of the existing cast members and just replace them with old TNG characters
3: which is they're an not- assumption
0: yeah so-
2: okay uh, that's, yeah, they're that's not why-
0: so you know uh what's his name stays behind
3: Santiago yes. Santiago, Santiago stays behind is Elnor is not coming back for the second yeah. season Elnor's not coming season. back
0: but he's got a job like you don't have to. There's no reason to have him. Right. Um, there has been no confirmation that Rafi and Seven are not coming back. In fact, Jerry Ryan has pretty much hinted like, oh, you'll see us in season three.
3: Yeah. they Those two are coming back. Uh, Issa Briones is not coming back.
0: Right. Which you you don't need her
3: but that that's part of what's frustrating people is they they got to like these new characters and they wanted more of their stories it's like that i get their stories apparently are done um yeah. for now
2: i don't know yeah. that i'm the i think the only character that i'm like sad to not get more of would be elnor because he's very much one type of way when he's introduced in season one and then he he leaves that environment and so he starts to change or we see that he has started to change in season two but we don't get much of that before he's gone and while the actor gets to perform different iterations of himself throughout the rest of the season that's not our you know core elnor and now we're if if we're not going to see that anymore well uh, that's a bummer but Gerardi and- fine uh Issa Briones, what I can't remember her character's name Soji um, Soji so so her her arc is essentially done I don't, like they yeah. established what she's often doing now in the world and that's that's fine
3: I I don't think this had covid not happened I don't think <laughs> this is the direction this show is going to go
1: mm-hmm. because
3: we would have we would have gotten season 2 and season 3 in 2020 and 2021 Mhm Mhm Instead of getting season two in 2021 and them having, and them saying, oh, that entire gap that we weren't doing anything, that's when we did all this backstory and now we're moving on. Right. So they would have put that on screen. And if they had done that, then yes, I would still be on board with, I want, to, then it would have just been the continued adventures of the crew of the La Serena.
1: hmm
3: Because we wouldn't have seen Rios rejoining Starfleet um, or Rafi or Elnor. All of them would still be a ragtag group of misfits on that ship. When we're reintroduced to them at the beginning of season two, it's like, oh, okay. Some time has passed. Mm -hmm.
1: And,
3: And Aaron's right. All of those stories are suddenly already told. The people whose stories weren't finished were Rafi's Sevens and Picard's
0: yeah Mm -hmm. and there's no look the the fact is that trek is paramount's 500 pound gorilla when it comes to streaming Mm -hmm. like that is why paramount plus is doing its numbers are so good it it, there's other shows for sure but it is star trek um there is no reason in a couple years from now they don't i I mean i don't know how season three obviously a picard will even start let alone end But there's no reason why in some world, if people really fall in love with Seven and Rafi together, there's no reason why we don't get Star Trek Stargazer. Right. And because she's gotten a field commission, she is captain of the Stargazer. Admiral Picard did that. Um, We've never had a Star Trek where there's a married couple that are co-commanders of a ship. And like, what kind of fucking tension does that have
1: mm-hmm. when,
0: like, the captain says, "Like, I'm going to beam down to this planet," and your second, your your number one slash wife is like, "The hell you are." <laughs> um, uh, we or also vice versa. Have and there's no
2: Borg member of Starfleet, right? Uh,
0: we've, flash we've forward in Enterprise. Say so
2: that again. I missed
0: it. Remember Cable.
3: In Flash Forward?
0: In a flat, in on the Enterprise J, I do believe there was a Borg character on the bridge. On a quick sure. Scene. But the,
3: that doesn't count. W- we didn't see any crew members on the Enterprise J. That's true. We but ne- there's a- we only saw the Enterprise J. We never saw any of the crew. Um the significance is that um yes, the seven of nine is finally getting um what she had tried to do on her own, well, not on her own. She had like, uh, almost Janeway. said, Cap- yeah, Admiral Janeway. I almost said Captain Mulgrew, and I'm like, well, that's not right.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she's fine with that.
3: Yes, yeah. I'm sure she is. Uh, it, it, but yeah, they I, they
2: talked about it in in the last episode, right? Yeah. Or maybe the second to last. Like, oh yeah. no, you know, Captain Captain Janeway, you know, went to bat for me, but it just. Never happened, and so I moved on to other things.
3: Yep, Um like Jerry Ryan looked great sitting center seat on a on a Starfleet vessel. Yep. It's like, yep, no, that looks good. That
0: looks good on you. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Try that chip on. Yep, that looks great.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, which means we could get Elnor again.
3: We could. Yeah. Um, I just I don't think that like Patrick Stewart has said, and granted you have to take like some of these actors are paid to misdirect as I am often reminded about (laughs) everyone that works for Marvel. Um, But he said, it's like, I'm not like, we are not just doing TNG season eight. That's not what this is going to be. If that's what you're expecting, that's not what's going to be on screen. Um, and not all these reunions are going to be great reunions. They're not going to be happy reunions for the characters. Mm-hmm. So um I, I don't see it as they're replacing the entire cast with the cast of TNG. I think it's still going to be centered on Picard. And now that he seems to be free of his own demons, <laughs> this will probably be the last flight of Jean-Luc Picard.
0: Yeah. And look, for me, just personally as a fan, here's the thing: Nemesis was a trash send off to that cast. <laughs> um, so if this is their version of one last time to ride off into the sunset, maybe they don't all make it. If you tell me a good story, okay, great, great. Yeah,
2: yeah, I'm not mad about it, and and we don't necessarily. Well, I'm, let me take that back. I don't necessarily know because I haven't done a lot of reading on it. But like, just because they've said that these actors are coming back for the show, like, we don't know, like. To what degree are all of them in all the episodes? Are they the main cast now, or is this on they've top never, of whatever's already going on? Yeah,
3: they've so. never said that, they've just yeah. said that they're all coming back. These s- specific six actors are coming, yeah. And it's like, great, you have Brent Spiner coming back. He's not playing Data,
0: <sighs> nope.
3: Data's no, Data's, Data. Data's gone. Yep, he, the only he, either character.
0: Play, he either plays the elder Sung brother. Mm-hmm. Or they foolishly we dumped data's grams into B4. I'm like, don't do that. They're not going to do that. Please don't do that.
1: Uh, what was
2: that? Was like, is a tweet or something, or maybe like a Reddit. Uh, no, it has to have been Twitter. Where it's like, how come every time uh, a Soong character, you know, is written into a Star Trek show, it's always, they always look like Brent Spiner. And Brent Spiner replied, uh, "Because I portray, because I acted for all of those parts.
0: <laughs> that's funny. pretty great well, should we jump into we don't have a whole lot of time now into the strange new worlds into dessert
2: yeah i uh,
3: if you it's, have it's lovely. If you've been if you've been sitting on wondering should I jump into strange new worlds fucking watch strange new worlds
0: like, I think it's still at hundred percent on Rotten tomatoes with like um, 28 critics.
3: It is, ridiculous. it is these, like, for every person that says, I don't know about Discovery, I don't know about Picard, I don't know about Lower Decks, eh, these aren't my Star Treks. It's like, cool, this one is everybody's Star Trek. Good God, I recommended watching this to my mother. My mother, I said. Eh, right. you should watch this.
0: If you want oh, something wait. to watch, watch it. It finally I dropped to I- 98%. <laughs>
2: I go. I think yeah. Like, it, it just like just right off the bat, it, it has done a very good job of like reminding you of classic like original series mm-hmm. elements, mm-hmm. while also making it like fun and dynamic for a modern audience, as they say,
3: without being wildly um, <laughs> problematic.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I it'll so make fans. Far, ha-
2: like no, no massive big bad that's gonna like eat up the whole season has been presented. Not to say that that won't still happen, but it that's not what has been done in episode one.
0: That's- no, I don't think there's gonna. They've said it's episodic. I don't think it's gonna be a big bad. I think the quote big bad will be character growth of the characters overcoming their personal big bad. So Pike mm-hmm. knowing his future. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, uh oh,
2: there's there's two. Lieutenant okay.
0: Lieutenant Singh dealing with her trauma of the Gorn. Uh Uhura having the pressure of being a genius. And all the I mean there's There's going to be this run-through line for the characters, but it's going to be personal. It will not be the world as the galaxy is ending.
1: That's
3: good. I've, I think that the, one of the things that I personally loved about strange new worlds and there was a lot there's a lot to love mm-hmm. is that it followed the um the storytelling idiom of show don't tell um the uh, the way the actors portrayed their characters on screen even if they if they had five lines or they had full monologues you could tell that they took the Bible of their character, embraced all of it, became mm-hmm. that, and imbued that into their performance. Um, I know that, um, Pike and Mabenga have known each other for years because they hugged. Just that yeah. simple act. Um, uh, I know that he is a warm and open and friendly doctor because of the way he talks to his patients and that he knows exactly how to gain their trust. Um His uh, like the, the um, pointing at the eyes between him and La'an um, the comment about this is why you're my favorite quip to chapel. It's like you are your character, you know who your character is. And suddenly mm-hmm. I know who your character is. Yeah. Um
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, lots, I, of re- lots of really good character establishment yeah
3: it's like yeah. I I know Ortega is, is a fucking hot shot
0: pilot yeah. I just like and she's so annoyed every time she gets the center seat it's a political crisis she's like <laughs> like
3: those little moments it's like well we haven't seen it it's like yeah but they're showing it to you they are showing it to you through their performance their performance is they they got the right actors in the right roles and they're putting together these performances that are showing us without giving us all of this extra backstory. It's like, Oh no, no, I, I know you. Yeah. Um,
0: like. Uh, I loved at the end, Uhura just saying,
1: cool. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: I saw something like, would we still say cool? And I was like, yeah, we probably do like English. The language is constantly evolving and coming back or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we probably will, you know. But then, then that Pike, and then she like, she looks apologetic because it's not a, you know, she's probably thinking like, oh, I'm a cadet and I probably shouldn't be saying cool on the bridge. And Pike looks at her like, he doesn't say it, but he basically goes, no, it is cool. It's cool. You know?
3: um, the Her interaction with uh, an alien in the turbo left. It's wonderful. It's
2: like, so fucking slick. Like, that is a, that is a, all of that part was mm-hmm. like that that is a crew that like ru- that they run together almost like a machine.
3: But like they told us in that first the scene that we introduced it's like, "Oh, you're you're a genius, you're a whiz kid.
0: You're the girl genius that I'm getting."
3: And then they showed us what that was. It's like, "Oh, that means she's that good with languages that she knows exactly how to talk to someone from another planet and put mm-hmm. them at ease." Mm-hmm. Within seconds,
2: yeah, like it no, just tells me that no advance preparation whatsoever. Nope.
0: <laughs> Which makes me think that the moment she knew what planet they were going to, her she was like, well, "Okay, I'm going to study. Mm-hmm. So When we get there, if we, if I end up having to have literally political small talk, I can do this." And it became a more bigger emergency, but um, yeah, yep, yeah, right. It solidifies the fact that oh, you're right. Uhura is a genius. Mm-hmm. Great.
3: Um, I loved seeing chapel be this ready for action um passionate about her job rather than someone who's just always seems to be pining for another character on the show it's like no mm. you this is what i've been longing to see in mm-hmm. christine chapel is who is christine chapel now we're
1: getting she, to see
2: it she might be my favorite character i don't know that that's tough uh but i i really do i do enjoy her like quippy like none of your
0: bullshit attitude Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep yeah i loved it is it safe almost always
3: (laughs) almost Uh, always did you miss the part where i said this was gonna hurt
0: yeah i mean i (laughs) know eventually they're gonna lean into the attraction that she has for spock but i think it's gonna actually feel more natural in this because she's gonna see a kindred spirit in someone who was relentlessly curious
3: it's also going to feel somewhat um, reciprocal. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, even Peck's Spock is very much in touch with his human side.
0: Yeah, this is pre-Kirk Spock. Mm-hmm. Which is it kind of how he was in the cage. That Spock smiled. Something's and... going to happen where Spock's going to go harder on the Vulcan side between mm-hmm. Pike and Kirk. And <sighs> I Samuel, I Samuel Kirk.
3: That was a great, um, switch. so good. That was so, so good. good. Um,
2: I forgot to find out who that is.
3: Sam Kirk is James Kirk. Kirk's older brother.
0: Older brother. Older brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He he is canon. Uh, you you only see him dead in Operation Annihilate, where he's killed Duh. by flying by he's killed by flying vomit. Yep. Like they show up and he dead. Yep, cool. And cool, cool, and cool. in the show, it was Shatner. They just put a shitty mustache on him when they just left him over really quick. And he's like, it's my brother Samuel.
2: Wait, isn't the mustache how you determine that they're from the mirror universe? No,
0: it's a goatee. goatee. Oh, goatee. Uh
3: I d- I do want to address that I the characterization of topring. Yes. Um I have like that changes so much about how i view the original series now it's like oh oh wait they were like i i now understand why to pring for a vulcan got pissed yeah (laughs)
1: it's
3: like no she wasn't just like she has like she has valid reasons yeah um, I I also like the very subtle. Oh, by the way, women propose to men on Vulcan. That is Vulcan it's, tradition.
0: It's been pretty well established that Vulcan is is matriarchal. If, you a, matriarchal. if you were established, it would be matriarchal. Yeah, yeah. That's been pretty obvious. Well, since fucking the time. Um, but yeah. No, when he when he talks about basically like career and marriage, can. Like augment each other, and she says, "I have doubts." It's like my main, my brain immediately went to, "I did not wish to be the consort of a legend," so I yep. chose Don. Yep. I was like, "Oh yeah, there it is, right here."
2: Uh, I I was hung up on the the line from this particular episode where she's like, "I'm not gonna chase you down the galaxy, you know, just so we can get married." But mm-hmm. From day one, she's like, "I don't." You have to give as much as I... You have to give me as much as I'm giving you. This is not mm-hmm. a one-way, mm-hmm. you know, pining situation.
1: Yeah.
3: But that is not the characterization that we get to bring when she's first introduced and only introdu- only seen in Amok
0: Time in right. the original it's, series.
2: It's just that she's like, I want to marry this guy now instead,
0: right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, her reasoning in Amok Time does make sense, but seeing it evolve here is going to make it for me it's going to make a mock time work even better now.
3: Yep. And the same with uh, everything like every time I see Uhura in anything else it's like oh yeah okay she's a fucking genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like Uhura is a prodigy. She just is.
0: Yeah. yeah it just and the show is just also gorgeous like the effects are beautiful the sets are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I I loved
3: I I loved making uh, Robert April canon
1: Hmm.
0: Um. Yeah, played by Adrian Holmes, I believe. Yeah. Yep. I did like that. So the guy who wrote the Robert April scene, the animated series, mm-hmm. it was really sweet. He did this tweet of like, I wrote this character forty plus years ago it's really cool to see an actor of, um, he says of, uh, Adrian Holmes caliber bringing him to life. And, you know, shitty Trek fans went after him. Like you didn't actually create Robert April. Gene Roddenberry did. Cause he's in the original write-up. I'm like, oh, shut up. Yeah. Gene Roddenberry wrote the name Robert April down on an early, like show Bible, but like this dude wrote yep. him like, come on. Yep. The, the, uh,
3: they are being called Trek bros. And um, Trek bros can politely go fuck themselves.
0: Yeah, I don't... And also, <laughs> speaking of Trek bros, I absolutely love the fact that one of the reasons why a lot of people were so excited about Strange New Worlds is it was a return to my Trek, real Trek,
1: <laughs> non-woke
0: Trek. Which, by the way, if you thought that TOS wasn't woke for 1966, you're an idiot. Mm. now no but 1966 yeah um but that's what they think they're getting in like 20 minutes in stranger world just like hey we're gonna call the insurrection the start of the second american civil war that led to the eugenics wars that led to world war three because we could never quit being dicks to each other
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
3: which brings us back to that the whole plot point in uh Picard with uh, Sung taking out that folder that says Khan 1996. In the original series, they talked about the eugenics wars taking place in the 90s. Mm-hmm. They're retconning that, but they're still placing Khan in the 90s.
0: Yeah, oh, they're I still so. they're still launching him in 1996.
3: Yeah, so Khan is Bay. still canonically in the 90s. Um, the eugenics wars are still because of Khan. Because yeah. of the work that Sung tries to, you know, pursues,
1: mm-hmm. yeah,
3: it's like that's fantastic. Well done.
0: Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to learning more about uh, Laan Nuni and Sing. Should be really curious who yeah. is apparently related. Oh yeah, they said that at the beginning she is yep. a descendant of of Khan. That's. Nuts. Um, I just want to watch Lieutenant Ortega's uh, fly the ship fast and apparently sword fight. Mhm. Yeah.
2: Oh, we're, I we're do going, love we're coming back. We're coming back to sword fighting on uh, on starships. Mhm. I
0: Fantastic. do love the fact that Enterprise, that Star Trek, as a rule, has maintained the idea of like, no, if you're at the helm, you're kind of a hothead.
1: <laughs>
0: you and you're all kind of obsessed with just going fast, and that does track. Mm-hmm. I mean,
2: it's the same you know. concept that they that you know, like media holds for regular Earth pilots.
0: Yeah, you think it was them up there flapping their arms to fly. Yeah. You know. Yep. Like one of my favorite parts I think is in Star Trek 2 when they're leaving space dock and you know, Sulu asks, you know, you know, Captain, what do I want? And Kurt Ed Spock says, You may indulge yourself. And Sulu's like, Oh hell yeah. <laughs>
1: <Very> <laughs> you know, well. I
0: love that I love that Detner's like I've been flying since I was twelve. Like, come on. Um yeah. and, 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 and as much and- as Paris <laughs> is annoying. Paris is a hell of good pilot.
3: Yep. Um, considering, like, Detmer and Ortega's are from the same era, it explains mm-hmm. why they are that specific type of pilot that they are.
0: Yeah. Because this is the era of cowboy diplomacy Star uh, Starfleet. Mm-hmm. Like, we're just exploring. You know what the fuck we're doing? Right now it's called General Order 1. We might as well make it a little bit we we'll give it a little more oomph behind it, make it the prime what, directive.
3: They're thinking of calling it the prime directive. Well, that'll never
1: stick.
0: <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's fun. Uh the cast uh, is great.
3: Uh on a completely uh, separate note, I was I'm really happy for the actress Melanie Scrifano from Winona Earp. In that she has now joined the Star Trek Universe and is a captain. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That was great. Like she showed up in that opening scene with with Pike, and I'm like, "Oh, hey, (laughs) look at you!" Oh, and those are Captain Bars. Good job.
0: Yeah, and I loved her. Can't wait to see what ship you're on. Yeah, I love Mm -hmm. her little supportive nature of Pike when she's like, "I'll be back in a month. Uh, I hope I don't see you." Yeah, like I hope your ass is back in the center seat, you big. You know, you know where you belong. Which, yeah. I
3: I love that the, the, that shows how relationships can still be very um intimate and very casual within mm. the Star Trek universe it's like we enjoy this that we are also captains of our own ship so we we are literally ships passing in the night that's fine yeah. like that's all our lives are maybe ever it's more
0: be. maybe it's not even if it is more you're, you're about to kick off a five-year mission whether you know it or not
3: yep yeah. great fantastic mm-hmm. um so like and it, it allows those captains to just kind of go yeah it's like her, her like you were saying her line is is great it's like I, i'll be back in a month hope you're not here yeah. <laughs> um i did truly appreciate that they bookended the uh, the episode with um the speech from the speech scene from uh, um, the day that you stood still and then gave yeah. Pike the opportunity to give his own of the same
0: speech. Yeah. Um, I love the two parts. Well, the one is the uh, take me to your leader <laughs> and the way when he beams in while they're yelling at each other in the debate where he just kind of turns his head and goes, hi, <laughs> it's the look of like if i'm gonna break the rules i might as well break them all
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and he did Yep. it was great yeah
3: uh and that actress the the leader of the that planet mm-hmm. uh is also that that was sam and dean's mother
0: that's why she looks familiar uh-huh. like, i know that actress like okay.
3: why does that look like robin wright but not exactly like robin wright that's <laughs> because that's why
0: right nice
3: uh, I can't wait for episode two. No, nope. so can't excited. Either.
1: Yeah,
0: it's gonna be fun.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to this season. I think or this this new series. I think it's mm-hmm.
0: gonna be. I'm hoping we get the Gorn.
2: I mean, feel, I feel, you're
0: feel like heavy into it. We sure should talk
2: it, about it, it a bunch.
0: It it felt like Chekhov's Gorn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Kay. When I talked about that at Garden a few days ago, yeah, Chekhov's Gorn. They're mm-hmm. referenced twice in one episode.
3: In a way that makes... It's like, oh, Slaughtered by Gorn is now on a list of ways I don't want to die.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And if you know your Trek lore at all, you know that Pike has some kind of connection to the Gorn. Because in DS9, Cisco mentions wanting to catch a real baseball game on Cestus 3 and watch the Pike City Pioneers.
1: Mm, mm
0: Mm-hmm. And Cestus 3 is where Kirk fought the Gorn, so... Clearly they made up at one. We made up at some time.
2: Hmm. Well.
0: Has to be. With that. <laughs> and I hope they look better than they did in fucking Enterprise. Oh, so bad. Oh, so awful. So
1: bad. Oh fucking Damn. awful.
2: I would, I would actually rather have TOS Gorn than than Enterprise. Yeah. Gorn.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean I'd, rather,
2: I'd rather have anything TOS than Enterprise, but
3: oh, that's a oof. conversation
2: for a different day.
3: I think we've had that conversation. It was part of your trick occasion.
2: We've touched on it for sure. Mm -hmm.
3: Well, with that, I'm Aaron Duran. I'm Bain Arena. And I'm Cable Hashizane.
0: We will talk to everybody next week. Bye.
2: Bye, friends. Bye.